All right, Chris Raby show on scoopswithdannymac.com is on the air. The Wednesday edition of the program, October 14th, 2020. Hope you're having a wonderful day, another gorgeous day in St. Louis. And we've got a big show coming up. Back by popular demand, Rick Gaiman from rickrungood.com is going to be with us to talk all things golf before the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in Vegas. I say CJ, you say Cup, CJ Cup. Stacked field, five of the top six. In the world, uh, we won't have Bryson and I guess now Dustin Johnson, uh, W. Dean, because of a positive COVID test, but still an absolutely stacked field. Rick was with us last week before the Shriners in Las Vegas, and the response that I got from everybody that listened in uh, was overwhelming, and we gave away some subscriptions to Rick's website last week on Twitter. We'll do that uh, again a little bit later today. And actually, one of uh, the lucky subscribers struck it big last week in one of the DraftKings games, thanks to Rick's cheat sheet. So looking forward to talking with Rick Gaiman from rickrungood.com and getting you set to fill out your DFS golf lineups and make some golf picks before Shadow Creek CJ Cup. And we are one month away from the Masters. One month. You know, I was looking at some pictures online and people have been doing all sorts of crazy like Google Earth and overhead, you know, flyover stuff, trying to get an idea of what the golf course is going to look like. Right. Like we've never seen a Masters that isn't in the spring. And we're so used to the golf course looking a certain way. We're so used to the Masters really ringing in uh, spring and, and spring sports that I think people are curious Maybe some even a bit nervous or, you know, uh, anxiety ridden about it, wondering what Augusta National is going to look like. Well, remember yesterday I said that Doug Armstrong gets what I call the benefit of the doubt clause. I think that the way that tournament is run, and we don't have to get into, you know, some of the uh, more polarizing issues or, um, you know, the picketing or the uh, lifting of, of sponsors when they decided that. They did not need to involve any of their sponsors with Martha Burke. Uh, but just from, you know, logistical standpoint, from a presentation standpoint, from a how to run a golf tournament and how to run it to the point that it's just about everyone's favorite golf tournament, um, I give the Masters the benefit of the doubt. They are firmly within the benefit of the doubt clause. So... Uh, there were some rumors, some scuttlebutt, if you will, on Twitter that they might be bringing in some fall decor, maybe some pumpkins, maybe some assorted gourds, try to fall it up a little bit. They might even bring in trees that are, you know, festive fall uh, colors and have the changing of the leaves. Because I don't know, I'm not a expert of the climate and the horticultural uh, accessibility or the horticultural uh, palette from a visual standpoint of the state of Georgia and the city of Augusta at the beginning of November. But 
you know, I'm sure they will spare no expense to make this an incredible Masters and maybe one that's even more memorable uh, than, you know, usual because of the circumstances and because of how special this tournament is to a lot of people. So anyway, golf talk coming up with Rick Gaiman from rickrungood.com. Uh, tomorrow, Dan McLaughlin's going to be with me, our Thursday sit down, and we're going to take some mailbag questions. If you have questions that you want Dan uh, and me to answer, Go ahead. You can email me, Chris at scoopswithdannymac.com, Chris at scoopswithdannymac.com, or tweet me at C-H-R-A-B-E. I'm sure Cardinals will come up. I'm sure Randy Rosarena, who continues to really just kind of um, lay the groundwork for his eventual induction into Cooperstown. Uh, he continues to rake. And the Cardinals enter an offseason where we're going to be talking a lot about the outfield. Brian Walton joined Dan this morning on a Wednesday with Walton. And Dan asked him if the Cardinals, or maybe when the Cardinals turn to external options for the outfield, what that might look like. Well, it's interesting. You know, the Cardinals have been very, very consistent from John Mozeliak on down that said, hey, you know, we've got to, we've got to let our young guys play. We've got to give them a chance. And we asked him that literally right after the, the trade deadline on August 31st. And he said the same thing. Hey, you know, we're, we're going to keep playing our guys. We're going to hope somebody gets hot the last month. But then he said, and I'm going to read the quote exactly, what you're going to see is trying to find someone to get hot and to do that. But from an evaluation standpoint, I think we are in a unique situation. So my hope that guys are still going to get opportunities out there to see what we have. So then we can have a true strategy and one that we can choose this offseason if we feel like we have to go external to answer what we need to look like. So basically what those words said, John Mozeliak told us was, hey, if, we, if our internal guys can't get the job done, we may have to go externally to get outfield help. And I think most fans listening to this know that that's the case. And, you know, we're watching the, watching the championship series and you see guys like Springer and, and Brantley in the Houston outfield that are going to be free agents. And you say, yeah, you know, they got to go try to get somebody like that to help them. You can hear Dan's full conversation with Brian Walton the Wednesday with Walton at scoopswithdannymack.com. Uh, the NLCS and ALCS continue this evening. The Tampa Bay Rays a chance to bounce the Astros tonight. They laid that series three games to none. Uh, the Dodgers trail the Braves 2-0 in the NLCS. So more baseball talk tomorrow. And Danny Mack will be with me sending your mailbag questions. Uh, we'll do a Thursday list as well. After our last week list, things that happen in sports movies and TV shows that don't happen in sports in real life. Uh, but let's take a break. When we come back, Rick Gammon from rickrungood.com is going to be with us. He will get you set for the weekend in DFS golf, in golf wagering, in all things PGA Tour, CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. And he helped make some listeners some money last week. We'll tell you about that as well. It's the Chris Raby Show on Scoops with DannyMac.com. Buy your way at Lou Fuse. You can shop thousands of new vehicles online or in person. Go to Fuse.com to customize your deal. Buy completely online and have your vehicle delivered or come in and see us by your way and get up to 25% off all 2020 vehicles. Plus, more for your trade, get 25% over book value for all trades. We'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Buy your way today at Lou Fuse. A big thanks to Lou Fuse. We are St. Louis. We are Lou Fuse.
Well, it is so great to have Rick Gaiman join us again on the Chris Raby Show on scoopswithdannymack.com to talk some PGA Tour DFS, to talk about the world of golf, and to get ready for what will be another really Really good field in Las Vegas this weekend. Rick, what's going on, man? We had some some big news in the world of golf over the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, for the month of October, the PGA Tour is really cooking right now. It, it, it certainly is. And not only are we getting back-to-back weeks in Las Vegas, but this really is the sprint to Augusta, you know, a, a Masters in November, something we've never seen before. It's going to be interesting to see how – you know, the top players fill out their schedule over the next couple of weeks to prepare and obviously peak uh, at Augusta. So yeah, this is unprecedented times. There's uh, a lot of good stuff going on. The PGA Tour is in a really good place. Of course, the big news, the big withdrawal, JB, JB Kruger, South African golfer, (laughs) withdrawing from the Scottish Championship after, no, I'm just kidding, not to make light of a positive test, but a couple of positive tests in the world of golf. Uh, last week it was Tony Finau, and this week it's Dustin Johnson, who's withdrawn from the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas after testing positive for COVID-19. I guess, Rick, kind of at least my takeaway is a little bit what we talked about last week. I remember Nick Watney testing positive at the first tournament after the restart and thinking, is this going to bring golf to a halt? And I guess now, again, you take it seriously and you certainly wish the best for anyone testing positive. You don't want that to happen. But, you know, I think the tour has shown that, you know, a positive test or a handful of positive tests uh, aren't going to halt things as the procedure and the protocols set in place have, have seemed to uh, make sure that everything's going to keep moving along smoothly. Yeah, there, there's there's so much uh, to talk about here. I'll try to I'll try to make it quick. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I don't think one or two or three positive tests are going to change the course of the PGA Tour, which has uh, overall done a very good job at this you know restart of golf. And I think the big thing and, and the story that came out about Dustin Johnson is that you know he was actually feeling. He wasn't feeling well. He actually was feeling symptomatic and he asked, requested a a COVID test, which of course comes back positive. That is Dustin Johnson doing his job to protect the field, to protect the rest of the players, the caddies, the staff, everybody else on site. And I think there's a big aspect of responsibility that that these guys know and they feel and yeah it stinks to withdraw from an event and a a big one with a huge purse and all that stuff but this is what you have to do and I think the guys on tour are taking it really seriously and then the other thing Chris you know this uh you know Tony Finau also withdrew but that was I mean he tested positive um last week for for the Shriners so it's now two straight weeks that he's going to to pull out and not tee it up uh for a lot of these guys like Dustin Johnson Uh, this is their first start since the U.S. Open. So they have basically been back at home outside the quote-unquote bubble that the PGA Tour tries to put together each and every week. So if there was ever going to be a week where you'd kind of, I hate to say expect it, there might be a higher percentage of positives. It's as these guys are returning from all their cities, all their homes all across the world and going back into the PGA Tour bubble. So um, interested to see how this shakes out for for DJ over the course of the next couple weeks, obviously wishing him all the best but the tour the tour goes on rick gaiman is with us the website is rickrungood.com rickrungood.com follow him on twitter at rickrungood and the website is where you can find all of the tools for your dfs lineup for your golf wagering and 
You know, last week, Rick, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pump your tires a little bit. Uh, you came on the show. We had great response. We gave away a couple of subscriptions, some weekly subscriptions that you then generously made into monthly subscriptions for folks that were following along on Twitter. And one of our listeners who got a subscription on Twitter sent me a screenshot, actually finished second in a $44 entry over the weekend, won $4,000. And How about that? here's the entry. I haven't told you who he had yet. He said that he used your cheat sheet was the main uh, a bit of information that he used up on your website, which I'll ask you to explain in a moment. But he had Bryson, Matthew Wolf, Cameron Smith, Joel Damon, James Hahn, and Patton Kazire. How's that for a team? Uh, pretty good lineup, especially worth $4,000. Yeah. Congrats. I mean, that's, that's great to, uh, run that out there week one and, and, and have a couple extra, you know, bucks in your pocket. Yeah. The cheat sheet, the cheat sheet's interesting, right? My whole goal is to make the, the research process as easy as possible. And while there's a lot of really complex, interesting visualizations, the cheat sheet is like the hub. It gives you a, a really quick way to look at everybody in the field, see what their salary is, see some of the, of the projections for the week, uh, see how they've been playing recently, and then see how they've done historically at each of these courses. And it's just all in one spot. So I, I it makes sense that the cheat sheet would be a big driver of success because it's really kind of easy to digest and see everything and put those lineups together. You know, I love that a part of the cheat sheet, you have projected points, but you have a floor and you have a ceiling, which yeah. I think is important also when you're looking at projected ownership. So often, I feel like, uh, especially in big contests, we get hung up on projected ownership percentages and we're like, well, if 12% of the contest <laughs> is going to have that guy, I can't possibly have that guy. But, you know, you want the lineup that's going to score the most points. You want to go six for six. That lineup I just read, six for six cut made. And that's a lot more important than... 12% or 14% ownership. I think that about 4 or 5% of, of entries across the board at DraftKings had six out of six making the cut last week. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and remember, the PGA Tour actually changed their cut rules about a year ago. It used to be top 70 and ties. Now it's down to top 65. It makes it even harder to get six of six through. And yeah, the numbers are usually sub 5%. So if you can get six of six through, even if they're not in contention, you're certainly going to be uh, making money on the week. But the reason I like having a floor, a ceiling, and a median projection is because golf is volatile, right? Guys can miss cuts. It's not basketball. Basketball, a lot of these guys play to their averages almost every single night. Golf, completely different. Uh, some guys have really high ceilings. They can go nuts, but they also have really low floors. They can miss a cut for you. So being able to, to determine which type of golfer uh, is good for you is, is important to me. So that's the information that I pass along. All right, Rick Gaiman is with us again, rickrungood.com. Rickrungood.com is the website. Follow him on Twitter, at Rick Rungood. And let's dive right into the field at the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek this weekend, Rick. And obviously, Dustin Johnson out. When we have a top player who's knocked out of the field for whatever reason, right off the bat, what does that do for your strategy? Does that change at all how you're viewing the top of the board? And what does that do from a DFS perspective? perspective when, uh, you know, you've got a couple of days still to tweak your lineup when the news comes out like it did today. 
Yeah, it was, um, it's interesting, right? I mean, you've got a guy who was the second most expensive golfer on DraftKings. He had the shortest odds in the betting market when he just gets removed from the player pool. Uh, it's kind of like a little bit of a vacuum effect. Who's going to suck up that ownership? Where, where are the people who wanted to play DJ? Where are they going to go? They can go up and they can play John Rahm or they can go down. And probably what I expect is going to happen is a lot of that ownership is going to fall to Justin. Thomas, uh, who's a couple hundred dollars cheaper on DraftKings specifically. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily change my strategy, Chris. I, I think this is a week as most no-cut events or, you know, uh, this is a field of 78 golfers, so it's a short field. There is no cut. Um, it, this, the, the stars tend to win these. Um, the, historically, the, the bigger names come out on top. So I was probably going to end up taking a stars and scrubs approach as it is, trying to get two of the top players in a lot of my lineups. It, it makes it a little bit easier to do that because one of, the, one, of the, one of the studs has been removed, so it makes your decision process easier. But what I expect the, the industry to do is really take that DJ ownership and probably go down to a Justin Thomas or, or a Rory McIlroy. So as we look at the top of, of this board, again, uh, second week in a row that we've been out in Vegas, how do you weigh someone like Matthew Wolf, who played great last week? He's playing again second week in a row. I guess he's the biggest name of a guy who's playing back-to-back weeks. Sergio uh, is in there again, Sungjae Im. But uh, how do you look at Wolf this time of year, these courses, the fact that he's going again? Does that at all alter both positively or negatively uh, the way you look at, at Wolf this week? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. And, and by the way, we're playing Shadow Creek, which is just a phenomenal course. It's exclusive as exclusive gets. It's it's very difficult to get on. And while it is in Las Vegas, if you were dropped in the middle of this place, you'd have no idea you were in the middle of the desert. It is absolutely lush. There are these beautiful trees for vi- for, for sight lines all over the place. It's, it's going to be a phenomenal uh, thing to watch on television. But what that does, Chris, is this is not a regular tour stop. Remember, the CJ Cup, that's usually played in Korea. They brought it over this year because of COVID and travel concerns. And now you've got a course that really no one has played in competition, which is good for Matthew Wolf. It's good for Colin Morikawa. It's good for Victor Hovland. It's good for the younger players because usually on the PGA Tour, they they don't have the experience that a Justin Thomas would playing this event six, seven, eight times. They're playing it for the first or second time every time. So when you get to a place that no one has played, it really levels the playing field. Matthew Wolf on an absolute heater heater right now with back-to-back runner-up finishes. I think you're paying a real premium for him this week at a flat $10,000 on DraftKings. But I'll tell you what, I think it's warranted. His game is in great shape and this is a great spot for him. Rick Gaiman is with us. Rick Rungood on Twitter. Also, rickrungood.com is where you go for all of your golf daily fantasy, golf wagering advice, the ways to start building your lineup. So, uh, all right, you mentioned uh, stars and scrubs and, and maybe how you're going to look at at building a lineup. We saw Martin Laird win last week, granted in a field that was uh, much, much lighter than this week. But give us an idea, Rick, on, on this course that not a lot of guys have familiarity with, the couple of of uh, stats or the couple of numbers that you're looking at, the couple of metrics that are important for you as you start to look at building out your lineup? 
Absolutely. And, and to preface this by saying, we, we don't know, right? Shadow Creek, we don't have the data on, but I think I've done some pretty good reconnaissance. I think I've done some pretty good research. Uh, a couple of things that stand out to me, it's listed at 7,500 yards on the scorecard. I think it's going to end up playing significantly shorter than that, probably 7,000 yards with the way that some of the holes are comprised and with the elevation changes. So I think that allows shorter hitters to come back into play. And then I, the way that uh, it's been described to me, the way that I was doing some of the research online, I believe you're going to have to be fairly exact with where you want to land the ball on your approach shots. There are a lot of greens that have uh, that can be shaved down. They can have some runoff areas. They can give you some really tricky situations if you are not exact with your iron play. So that does open up some of the quote unquote scrubs. And, you know, we're in a field of 78 of the best players in the world. There, there's no scrubs here, but some of the shorter players that hit their irons well, someone like a Brian Harmon, someone like an Adam Hadwin. These are the types of golfers that if you just looked at it on the surface, you, you might think this guy cannot compete at Shadow Creek in this field. But if you go a little bit deeper and you see what type of skills this course is going to require, I think those types of golfers are back in play this week. Yeah, I think that to watch what guys were able to do last week, and you mentioned last week the rough not being real penal at um, uh, Summerlin and what that could allow some guys to do, uh, what it could do from a scoring perspective. We saw down the stretch that, you know, it was putts and it was still what we generally see on a week-to-week basis that was the difference. And, you know, there were some spectacular shots, especially by Martin Laird, made down the stretch. But ultimately, you know, it was the inability to make a par on 18 that let Matthew Wolf and, and let – um, uh, let Austin Cook back into a playoff, and then it was a putt uh, by Martin Laird that, that won the thing for him in the second playoff hole. Yeah, it certainly is. And that's kind of one of the things when you get to a place like TPC Summerlin, where it's low scores abound, a lot of times those are putting contests because uh, it's not a difficult course. You Everybody in the field ends up hitting their approach shots to 15 or 18 feet. And then it's just a putting contest of who can make the most of those. And Martin Laird, he tempted fate. Uh, he tried to give it away at the end. He was able to hold on. He made a big putt on the second playoff hole to shut it down. What I think is interesting about Shadow Creek specifically this week uh you know dustin johnson unfortunately is not going to be here he holds the course record it's a it's a 66 now you can make the argument that uh not a lot of professional players play here it doesn't get a lot of play in general so i wouldn't expect the the scoring to be very low but usually at most courses around the country you've got a 62 63 64 as your course record that indicates to me this thing bites back. And I think I don't think we're going to get anywhere near 25 under par like we might have seen last week in Las Vegas. I think this is going to be a much tougher test with a lot more bogeys. All right, Rick, give us an idea of uh, the couple of guys you like at the top of the card. And then maybe similar to last week, we found some value towards the bottom of the card. Give us uh, maybe a couple of value picks. Again, a, a shorter field, just 78 guys in the field this week. But give us an idea of, of where you're starting and, and maybe where we should start to build our card this week. Yeah, I, I'm really starting at Justin Thomas. And luckily for me, I, I got in before the DJ news. So I got him at 12 to 1. He's now down to 10 to 1. And he's also a great option in terms of DFS purposes. If you want to talk about someone who's kind of flown under the radar as much as a top five player can, it's it's Justin Thomas. You know, Dustin Johnson's been so good. John Rahm has been so good. Bryson DeChambeau has taken up a lot of oxygen. 
Justin Thomas won six starts ago. Like, it's like we're not that far removed from victory. He's coming off a top 10 at the U.S. Open. And there are guys, Chris, who thrive in these no-cut events. And Justin Thomas is one of them. He, of, of his 13 PGA Tour victories, nine of them have come in small field, no-cut events. He seems to get geared up when he knows he gets a guaranteed four rounds. He's probably where I'm going to be starting my card in a significant way this week. You would have to think too, Rick, that if he if his putting even begins to regress back to the mean of, of where Ugh. it should be and where we all think it's going to be, then he's an even better value because he's done all of this, you know, putting just slightly below tour average strokes gained on the green, right? Yeah, he, he won the WGC FedEx St. Jude losing <laughs> yeah. strokes putting. That's almost impossible to do. It's very rare that it happens. It just shows how, how great uh, his game is all around. It's very similar to Xander Shoffley, who's another guy I would target near the top of the leaderboard. The X-Man, he is on an unbelievable run of top 25s right now. He quote unquote won the tour championship, Chris. If you remove the starting strokes from everybody, he actually had the best raw scoring week out of anybody in the field. He finished fifth at the U.S. Open. And if Justin Thomas is the king of no-cut events, then Xander Shoffley is the prince of no-cut events. Three of his four victories on the PGA Tour have come in situations just like this. I think they're both probably going to be pretty popular, but I'm, I'm okay doing that this week, Chris, and differentiating myself further down the board. All right, so Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, that's where we're starting on DraftKings. Also, those guys, about 11, 12 to 1 right now uh, on your betting card. Give us an idea where we can find some value at the bottom of the DFS card, Rick, because last week, again, we found you know, a James Hahn who put up big points, was less than 3% owned, was in the mix down the stretch. Patton Kazire as well. We had some, uh, you know, some, some big time scores in the 6,000 range. Uh, who do you like maybe on that side of the card? For sure. So I, I mentioned Adam Hadwin a little bit earlier. I think he is certainly in play, but I'll give you two that I'm pretty laser focused on. Russell Henley is $7,100 on DraftKings. At last check, he's about 80 to one to win this golf tournament. He doesn't need to He was to in win. the mix last week too. Exactly right. He has been pretty great since the tour has come back um, from, from its break. Since, since June, he actually leads this field in strokes gained approach since the tour has returned. Think about that. There are some massive names in this field, and Russell Henley's been the best ball striker out of all of them. And if I think that Shadow Creek is going to benefit those who hit their second shots well, then Russell Henley has to be an option for me. And then the other guy is a guy that I continue to find myself going back to and I continue to find success with him. It's Mackenzie Hughes. He's $6,800 on DraftKings. He's 90 to one to win the golf tournament. He's coming off a third place finish at Corrales Punta Cana. That's the last time we saw him. And he just continues to find a way. He shows up in some of these deep field, really difficult events. He had a great run of golf down the stretch of last season. And he just like he does it in a different way that I don't normally like, Chris. He's kind of like this short game specialist, but I've kind of thrown that out the window with Mackenzie Hughes because he's continuing continuing to prove to me that he shows up in big-time events. It doesn't matter what the rest of the field looks like. He can get it done. He's a really cheap option if you want to pair him up with some of the studs at the top of the board. 
Rick Gammon, you heard a handful of guys that he likes. JT, Xander, Adam Hadwin, Russell Henley, Mackenzie Hughes. And again, you can find all of the uh, projections, all of the tools at rickrungood.com, whether you're filling out your DFS lineup, if you're uh, making some picks from a wagering perspective. Rick, I mentioned the cheat sheet. Give folks an idea of what else they'll find uh, if they head over and uh, check out rickrungood.com. Yeah, there's a cheat sheet. There is uh, what I call a strokes gained database, which is just filled of basically every round every golfer has played uh, that you can kind of slice and dice in any possible way. I've got, you know, player profile sheets and uh, a head-to-head matchup tool. You can pit any two golfers against each other and see the likelihood of one winning a four-round matchup against the other. There's just a lot of cool stuff in visualization form. Um, and, and the thing that, that is important for me, Chris, is you know I, I create this all for myself and I use it constantly. So it's always being updated. It's always being tweaked uh, as I continue to learn more and as more data becomes available. Hey, you can also hear Rick uh, on the Rick Rungood podcast on the First Cut podcast in which he gave out Matthew Wolf at 45 to one live on Saturday morning. So uh, always good stuff. You guys do such a great job and uh, folks can follow along. We'll give away a couple of uh, subscriptions uh, from the Chris Raby show on scoops with Danny Mac a little bit later today to get folks ready to go this weekend. And as we are a month away from the masters, a month, a Bryson list month as he will take a month off and get ready to put that 48 inch driver into play and do who knows what? It, it's always fun to have Bryson on some of these tournaments where you're following on on Shot Tracker on Thursday and Friday morning, but a little bit stressful because the ball goes into a lot of unknown, a lot of native area, and you don't exactly know uh, what you're in for. But it was it was fun to have Bryson last week. Frustrating when he was five over through the first eight on Saturday, but a, a fun ride with Bryson last week. Yeah, that was that was weird. He had a weird run, uh, but he he does things that other humans cannot do. But he's going into hibernation, and he's going to come out in Augusta, Georgia, and we're going to see what he has done to try to win the Masters. It's going to be unbelievable. Rick Gaiman, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, folks, check out RickRunGood.com. Enjoy the weekend, and looking forward to seeing uh, how it goes and talking next week. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Ryan Kelly is the home loan expert online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Just five minutes. That's all it takes. A five-minute loan approval is waiting for you at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan and his incredible staff help people save money every day, money that maybe they didn't even know they could be saving. So what are you waiting for? It's so easy. Hop on over to thehomeloanexpert.com. Learn a little bit about what Ryan and his team do every day what they can do for you, what they do for the St. Louis community, and they're expanding into communities all over the country. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. A big thanks to Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert. Ooh. Um, Non-NHL. Oh, I'm going to say Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat. Ooh. I like that. I'd put him there in a heartbeat. He'd be on my team. Any day of the week. I love me some Jimmy Butler. That's Andy Strickland from uh, yesterday's show talking about which non-NHLer would make the best NHL captain love 
Love the Jimmy Butler answer. We're going to talk about that with Dan tomorrow. Uh, Dan will join me for the full show. We'll answer some mailbag questions. If you want to fire a question at us, email me, Chris at scoopswithdannymac.com. Chris at scoopswithdannymac.com. Or send us a tweet. I'm on Twitter at C-H-R-A-B-E. And, of course, Dan at... Danny Mac TV. Big thanks to Rick Gaiman for joining us. And again, Brian Walton, who was on with Dan earlier today. You can hear that full conversation. Great stuff. Talking about the Cardinals getting set for the offseason. Talking about the industry, where the industry is, um, you know, from a revenue standpoint, how that will affect things. That's at scoopswithdannymac.com as well. A Wednesday with Walton. Again, talk to you tomorrow for a, I don't know, we need a good name. If you think of a good name for... Our Thursday sit-downs with Dan. Tweet those to me, too. Maybe uh, we'll pick the best one and give you a subscription to uh, Rick Gaiman's uh, golf site so you can make yourself some money and, you know, you'll have the honor of naming the segment. So I'm giving you a lot of homework. Until tomorrow, this has been a Wednesday edition of the Chris Raby Show on scoopswithdannymack.com. Be nice to each other, and as always, peace. Peace.